What are the two things you should never talk about in polite society? Religion and politics. We're talking about both today. Christianity. I am your host Spencer. This is my lovely wife Nikki. And yep, that's what we're going to talk about today, religion and politics. And I know that I mentioned last week that we would be discussing religion and politics as well as discipleship this week, but I don't think we're going to get to it. This religion and politics is looking like it's going to be sort of a three-part series, if you will. So This entire week, we're going to be delving into the religion and politics topics. So before we get started, baby, do you have anything you want to say? Yes. um, We had done our outreach uh, yesterday, and we just want you guys to be in prayer for a lady we met named Tia. Is that right, Tia? Tia. Yeah. So we're going to put her um, up on the Discord channel and uh, keep praying for her. And we'll have all the details on there. And just don't forget to like and subscribe to this channel. Yes, please do that. And please go jump on the Discord. We want to hear about your prayer requests. And we want to hear about your praise reports. We want to know that God is doing great things. Mm-hmm. Um, we believe he's still doing great things. We just want to hear about it so we can share that with everybody. So uh Like I talked about, this whole week is going to be religion and politics. And the way we're going to try to do this is today, just sort of talking about, I guess, the state of the world and sort of the way we see the country. Um, Episode two coming out on Wednesday will be more of a look at where Christians stand on some of the issues. And then episode three will be sort of where Christians or leaders Christians ought to be looking for. So before we dive into that, though, I just wanted to touch on two news stories that made some noise in the previous week, just so we could say that we touched on them, but we're not going to be hung up on those for too long. So the first one was the Derek Chauvin trial. So Derek Chauvin was found guilty on uh, multiple counts in the death of George Floyd. Um, I'm not an expert on the the case and all the facts of the case, but this was the decision everyone knew was coming. You know, sadly, I think the state of the country today, he had to be found guilty. You know, the yeah. country would have burned if he was not found guilty. So again, I don't know the facts. If he's guilty, he's guilty. Yeah. But I, you know, we'll see how the appeals process goes. I think this is a long way from being over, but this was the decision that had to be made basically for the safety of the nation. So that's, that was the first one. And the second one, which is more important to me is, um, if you heard the story of Makia Bryant, she was 16 year old that was shot and killed by a Columbus police officer. And the point I wanted to bring up on this story was the LeBron James factor. So LeBron James immediately in the wake of this police shooting came out and, you know, basically doxxed and trashed this police officer to his 50 million Twitter followers for, you know, essentially just being another racist white guy who killed a black girl. And, you know, 
the facts came out and obviously this cop all indications look like he was a hero and he did what he should have been doing mm-hmm. um this makia bryant girl was in the process of basically stabbing to death this other victim when the cop came up on her and shot and killed her and my point of this is as a sports fan um who's slowly losing his fandom um i read this and i just thought like in the world today where everybody's called a racist right you say something negative about a minority you're a racist i think i think lebron james is a racist and i think in the 21st century like the definition of a racist in my eyes is somebody who sees race everywhere they look like every situation they see through the lens of race and i think that's where lebron james is it is like everybody's starting to see everything through race and especially when they look up to somebody you know that they idolize like lebron james they're gonna start disbelieving what they believe and it is pushing an agenda it's everywhere and the media is just they're really just making us live in a a bubble like a way to think and a way not to think and they even divide the church and try to twist good versus evil like flip-flop it and make themselves be more godly than god in a way yeah like and that's the problem with it and that's the reason why i want to bring it up because i don't think that in good faith you can still be a lebron james fan you know i tried to hold out my fandom for him as long as i could i really respected him but i think at this point he's proven himself to be basically a racist but most certainly a moron and i don't think that he should be somebody that you um, allow your kids to idolize anymore yeah um i pulled up proverbs seventeen twenty eight when i was reading this story and that verse says uh even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise when mm. he closes his lips he is deemed intelligent and i thought <laughs> you know lebron james used to be thought of as intelligent to a lot of people but i feel like the more he talks the more of an idiot he sounds like so that was just the second story i wanted to touch on Um, Those articles will be linked. You can go check them out for yourself. But back to the matter at hand, Um, religion and politics. And I thinking about this topic, you know, I thought it's just weird that the two most important things in our life are the two things we're told we're not supposed to talk about. Right. Like we share everything, you know, your sex (laughs) life. You can share what you had for dinner last night. You can talk about the TV shows that you watched, you know, and but if you bring up salvation, you know, you're a kook to the world. Or if you bring up, you know, your your, your political beliefs, right, then yeah. you're a fanatic or something like that. Well, both and, of those have long-term effects. Well, obviously, your salvation, eternity, but the political, um, your political beliefs and who you vote for is going to have long-term effects. And it's taking away what they want to do when you bring up the truth. Yeah. And, you know, obviously I think the world wants us to not talk about these things Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, they have their nefarious plans of, you know, twisting um, our morals and all the different things that we're seeing in the world today. And And politics affect the church though. It really is just a war against the church and politics can be used for good and can be used um, for good for the church, you know, enabling us to have, freedom of religion and all that and you know we have the freedom to share the gospel and not be put in prison yeah which 
that may be coming, but that's for another uh, episode. (laughs) And I think, you know, we hear about politics all the time. It's on the news. It's on the sport, uh, you know, sports. It's in every movie and TV show that you watch nowadays. And like you talked about, we're in this bubble now where like we're being fed all this political garbage, mostly Mm -hmm. liberal garbage but we're not allowed to talk about it and share these ideas. Right. You just have to absorb it and soak yeah, it all in. Yeah, you can't in. oppose it. You're an enemy yeah. if you speak against their view. Well, and it's basically propaganda. You're being, you know, fed this one-sided message all the time. And I thought, yeah. you know, one of the main places where politics isn't being talked about is the church. And oh, yeah. That's a huge problem. And there are some churches out there, and we'd love to hear from them from you guys. If you've got a pastor who's speaking out about um, what's going on in the country. We'd love to hear from you on it. We'll link yeah. another message to Legacy because they're a church in our community that's really fighting back against this. They're a this. big church. And yeah, and they're a huge church. And the governor of this state, you know, she'd love to, she's already fined them and already deemed their church services illegal. So she would love to shut that down. But, you but know, when those churches have a 501c3 where they're, they're tax exempt, and I don't know how, what the amount would come to if they were taxed yeah. do they just tax uh like the tithe or i'm not sure how i don't know how do that it, works but... and what that would come to and they don't they probably don't have a budget for that so they don't want to rock the boat because if, if they lose members for speaking the truth and they know they have a lot of liberal-minded christians we know we know those liberal-minded christians and we wonder how they can you know believe in that agenda when they're supposed to be <laughs> living for God and supporting godliness. So they will lose a lot of members. And Legacy Church yeah. did lose a lot of members, but then they gained a lot of conservative conservative minded. Yeah, I mean you'll lose some. People. And I think that's the two reasons that, you know, I was thinking why these churches may not speak out, right? You touched on they're tax exempt. And, you know, the governor of our state, I think she'd love to come in and tax these churches and she's already fining them. And yeah, um, again, I'm sure that's coming. Oh, it's coming. We Persecution's the name of the game. In they the can Christian tell you world. not to even have services. Yeah. Like, and then people comply. So, I mean, these churches, we live, you know, we're in buildings that are too big for most of the churches. And we touched on it a few episodes ago. Nobody in your church is tithing. Like, look to the left and the right of you. Neither of those people are tithing. Um, and you probably aren't either. And, you know, we looked at the stat that only 5% of churchgoers are tithers, and that's not even a full 10% tither. So right. your churches don't have a lot of money. And like she said, they aren't building up some nest egg for a future tax bill. I know. think that like a lot of these churches, and it always bothered me that they would like charge to take a class and have you pay for a book and all that. And And a lot of times I'm like, I can't afford that right now. I guess I can't go to that class. But I think that they need to do that to supplement all, nobody's tithing. I think that's why they do that. Yeah, I think if we So had don't get mad at the churches when they got to charge for a class or something. Like if everybody in our church is a 10% tither and you had a 100% tithe rate, I feel like our churches would be completely bold to stand up to the government and fight. Yeah, they know because, that we got their back. Yeah, yeah, we have their back and they have a buffer against mm-hmm. government intrusion. Um, And then the second point that you mentioned was people leaving the church. And this kind of ties into that first point of like churches don't have a lot of money um, just laying around. So they can't necessarily afford to lose members. And they know that, and this isn't for every church. I don't want to speak ill of every church, but these are just thoughts that we have and 
things that we've seen. And if you start speaking out about all these different issues, you're going to start losing people and they're already not tithing and doing anything. So you can't really afford to lose a lot of these people. So I think those are some of the reasons why the churches don't necessarily speak out. Um, And I think that's a huge detriment to the body of Christ and why we have so many different beliefs inside the church, you know, political beliefs. Nobody knows truth on every matter, what they should believe. Nobody's teaching them. Yeah. And we're definitely going to get into that in episode two and three, sort of what Christians believe and then sort of what the Bible tells us that we should believe. So as we get ready to wrap up kind of this first initial episode here of religion and politics, we wanted to just kind of lay out what we thought about the country, sort of um, where we stand on politics in the nation um, in a sense. And, you know, me and Nikki agree on most everything. So um, if we're off a little bit, you know, she can disagree. Well, yeah, whatever. But believe like the best form of government would be a monarchy where you have a, a king who's righteous, just godly, but that is what we have in, in Jesus. But so we desire that also on the earth, but we know one day we're going to have that when Jesus returns, but you know, God can make, he can make good happen in that way and bless nations. We can pray for that and God is good and he will give us good things when we pray, we pray for our nation. Yeah, like, you know, and it seems weird to say the best form of government is a monarchy, but that's what Jesus is setting up, right? He's not going to come back and establish a parliament and, you know, hold hearings and (laughs) panels. He's going to rule because he's a righteous judge. And in lieu of that, which we don't have a righteous king right now, so we do the best that we can. There's no man that can compare to Jesus. Yeah. But we know we want someone that follows what Jesus would do. That's what we mean. And that's why, you know, we were kind of talking about this. And I think, as me personally, the two most influential groups of people, probably in the history of the world, um, for the cause of good and is, first and foremost, the apostles um, were, number one, the most important group of people to ever live. And number two, I think it's our founding fathers, um, you know, George Washington and James Monroe and John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, these guys, um, you know, they were men of God. They were, you know, godly men. They, they established this nation and, you know, a lot of people will dispute kind of their religious status and all these sorts of things. Yeah, but they weren't perfect. Just like King David wasn't perfect, but he was called a man after, after God's own heart. Right. And these people believed that they were being used by God. I mean, they talked all the time about divine providence and establishing this nation. Um, And through that divine providence, you know, in these group of founders, they established this nation that's been a a blessing to the entire world, you know, unlike anything we've ever seen before. Um, So you mentioned there were flawed men, like, of course they were, you know, but. Yeah, there were things wrong, like some of them owned slaves. I don't know if all of them did, but what's going on today? Let's go and look at everybody's uh, browser history and you looking at porn. How many, how many women are enslaved and what is the number on that? Like millions, millions of women are enslaved in that industry. 28 million. You're supporting that. And like wherever you get your clothes, your shoes, your jewelry, whatever, who's making all that? Slaves. So you want to call out these godly men who laid the foundation of this nation and 
it's just, I don't know. You got to dig deeper no, than it's, that. You know, crazy. <laughs> and that's why, you know, we see these men and we're like, oh, they're slave owners and they're pulling statues down. And, you know, I read an article just this week that they were taking James Monroe's first name off of a building um, because they didn't want to be attached to James Monroe, the founder. And like you said, like, yeah, obviously owning a slave is abhorrent. Like nobody's well, going right, to say that. Right. But, you know, we think that we're somehow morally superior because we don't own a slave. But right. yeah, like she said, go look at your internet Yeah, but they browser. even took care of their slaves. Like in the Bible, it even talks about if you have a slave, you treat them, you treat them good. You don't abuse them. And But this is what's happening to all these women. Yeah, like, you know, it's obviously it's, not as close to home right so you feel sheltered from it you know that that slave that you're um indulging yourself to is behind your computer screen you don't know her um or the the asian child who's making your shoes you don't know them and so it's not as close to home but like you know even just the things like we look back on these guys hundreds of years in the past and we think oh they were terrible men and women but we don't Mm -hmm. look at ourselves like we have people and politicians and leaders that support trans- transgenderism. Like we don't even know what gender we are, and we're supporting sex changes in That's minors. That's just the height and, of confusion. Like, yeah, and we trust these people <laughs> to lead our country, and they don't. We're letting them make AI. Oh man, God have mercy on Ugh. us. And but we don't think that in a hundred years or so they're going to look back on us and be like, "You guys murdered like seventy million babies through abortion because." it was just, un, you know, inconvenient or you were confused about your kid's gender. So you gave him puberty blockers. I just and can't imagine what castrated. like the future is going to be like. We're not, to think that we're going to be looked on as better than George Washington. Oh, my he owns gosh. Slaves. So, right. It's insane. Um, but, you know, I, we were kind of thinking about like, you know, what is America? You know, we live in this nation and we're free. And I think because we're free, people think that America is just whatever we want it to be or we need it to be. that's what they twisted it to be. Like the freedom. Yeah. Like that's what they do with salvation and abusing God's grace. Like, oh, I'm free. I'm not under the law. That means I can do whatever I want. It's the same mentality. And it's not that way. Like America isn't just like, oh, a splash of socialism and then, you know, a little bit of freedom over here and government overreach right. and all these sorts of things. And it'll just be America. Like, we're not just America because we're called America. Like, there are principles and ideas and yeah. men. It's like you have a layer of concrete is your foundation and you're trying to, like, remove it and add in some straw and, like, <laughs> it's going to crumble. Like Yeah, and eventually <laughs> you can change enough to where you're no longer the original yeah. And that's where we're seeing America. Um, you know, our nation was founded on religious ideas by religious yes. men. Um, like it or not. And, and you know, I was watching a documentary. We were watching it together called The Christian History of America. And, you know, they kind of go all the way back, you know, to the Magna Carta and kind of talking about this idea that the Magna Carta sort of was one of the foundational ideas and documents that our founders used when they came up with the constitution. Mm And, you know, the Magna Carta was a divinely written document. I mean, I think it was even basically written by a priest and it was designed on this idea that like the divine right of Kings is no longer a a thing. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, in the past 
the king made laws and everybody lived by the laws, but the king didn't have a law. Mm-hmm. He the did whatever he wanted. And the Magna Carta kind of said, no, the king has to uh, yeah. uh, has to be held to the same standard as everybody it's else. It's like putting yourself in the place of God if you're above. Well, you and know. that's what they did, right? Kings were basically yeah. gods on the earth and that's how they thought of them. And then our founders sort of took this notion of the Magna Carta and kings being or being held to the same law. And they kind of looked at it and went, yeah, that's all true, but maybe we don't need a king, right? Like maybe we can just all have the law and we can just all be held to that mm. same law. And that's where we came up with the whole uh, government of the people, by the people, for the people, yeah. like Abraham Lincoln said. And we had, you know, we're a country mm-hmm. of laws and not of men, right? right? Like no man is above the law. Those were principles that made America. And that is good. That um, is good. You know, kind of just some of the other principles that we want to touch on as we get ready to wrap this up, like capitalism, you know, our country became as prosperous as it did largely through capitalism, private property, like Mm. that's still not a thing around the world, private property, Um, a Republican form of government. You know, we hear so much about democracy, democracy. We're not a democracy. We're a republic and they're very different things, Um, you know, so you can evolve and change. And we have that written into our constitution. We can through the amendment process and all this sort of thing. But at some point you can change so much that you are no longer the great nation that we once were. And now you're just America in name only basically, which is kind of the road that we're going down. It is kind of like hard because we have freedom of religion in America, but America was based on the one true God, like his laws <clears throat> yeah, and I mean that was so written into our declaration do... and our constitution, right? Nature's law, nature's God, and all these sorts of things. So um that's kind of the underpinnings of where we want to go with this episode that like America isn't just some you know mishmash of whatever we want it to be and that it'll yeah. always be great and prosperous. Right. There were religious ideas and principles that made this country great and free. And the more we drift from those, the less great and the less free we're going to be. So mm-hmm. that's what we're going to dive into in episode two. Um, do you have anything that you want to say before we wrap this up? Just, I just want to say, we just need to be in prayer for our nation because we see it just dwindling away and people need to speak up. The churches need to need to speak up and be bold. Yeah, we do. And we're definitely going to dive more into that in episode two. So stick around. Love you guys. God bless.